You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Today on Pure, we talk about one of the best wrestlers alive and one of the best wrestlers in Ring of Honor history, none other than the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. This is Pure, part of the Count Out Podcast Network. Once again, welcome to Pure, a Ring of Honor retrospective podcast here on the Count Out Podcast Network. I am once again Sean Taggart. We will be talking about all things Ring of Honor, past, present, future, really just anything we want to talk about when it comes to Ring of Honor. And I'm happy to talk to you this week about one of the greatest wrestlers of my time, our generation here in Brian Danielson. But before we get into that, let's just catch up on where we are with Ring of Honor and AEW, shall we? Samoa Joe, new television champion after debuting at Supercard of Honor about two weeks ago, defeated Minoru Suzuki for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Jonathan Gresham retained his title against Dalton Castle at Battle of the Belts 2. Great match, really turned uh, heads on Dalton Castle for those who weren't fully aware who, who Dalton Castle was. Now you guys all have an idea of what he can be. And who he can be, just based on that short 30-second promo, which made him an instant star. What about um, Wheeler Yuta? Well, he's part of the Blackpool Combat Club with uh, Brian Danielson, who we're talking about this episode, and John Moxley, after really showcasing and proving himself in a bloody match that went above and beyond everyone's expectations, except for maybe a certain few people, and what Wheeler Yuta can show and bring to the table. So he's a nice addition to the Blackpool Combat Club, um, Blackpool Country Club, whatever you want to call them, but they're really known as the Blackpool Combat Club. Let's make sure we're calling them by the right name here. So Ring of Honor right now is in, you know, a state of flux. We don't know what the future really truly lies for them in terms of future events for them. We do know it's eventually going to happen where they're going to run their own shows. But for the time being now, they're going to piggyback off of some of the AEW shows. You may see some Ring of Honor sanctioned matches on AEW television like we have on Dynamite, Battle of the Belts, and Rampage. I will say one of the nicest things to see, though, on this uh, event and on these shows is little hints and touches of Ring of Honor with Bobby Cruz um, announcing the matches, uh, being the ring announcer for these matches, and then also having Paul Turner referee. As we all know, Paul Turner was one of the original referees here in Ring of Honor, so it's nice to see him really showcase and uh, get himself out here. Now let's talk about the man of the hour, Brian Danielson, born in May 22nd, 1981 in Aberdeen, Washington, right outside of Seattle. Uh, very good trained wrestler by Shawn Michaels and Rudy Boy Gonzalez at the Texas Wrestling Academy. Really got a lot of his early starts down there. It wasn't until really early 2000s where you would see him wrestle more and compete more. He did have some early tryouts within the WWF at the time. But it really was these opportunities that he was getting, not only in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but also in some of the independents around the United States, that he would really start to gain some notoriety and some recognition, having classic matches against guys like William Regal, for, uh, for instance, who now manages him in Blackpool Combat Club. 
But one of the nice things about this, though, it wasn't until the King of the Indies tournament that really showcased Danielson or American Dragon at the time of the type of wrestler he can be and we would expect him to turn into uh, in his entire career. You know, he was someone who was very flashy on the submission th- side of things, very good showcasing his strength and ability as a technical wrestler. I don't think there was any doubt in anyone's mind that Danielson was going to be one of the better technical wrestlers of our generation. And a lot of people would go ahead and really focus on becoming a better technical wrestler because of him, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter by Dave Meltzer, has an award handed out yearly called the Brian Danielson Award for the best technical wrestler. And it wasn't until rather recently that Danielson took back that claim after it being held by Zack Sabre Jr. for quite a few years. But this is about Ring of Honor. Let's talk about Ring of Honor and Brian Danielson. In this episode in particular, we're going to be going from 2002 to 2005, right up until his title win against uh, James Gibson. Uh, next week on the show, we will be covering that show itself so we can talk about the title in a little bit more detail as we did with the CM Punk episode. We're going to touch base and touch highlights here about what uh, Daniel Sid did during his first few years here in Ring of Honor. This is part one of four of the Danielson retrospective. We'll be going deeper into detail about Danielson's uh, time and career of Ring of Honor, spending a whole episode on his 2006 title run, reign as champion because it was probably one of the better title reigns that we've seen from a Ring of Honor champion. Granted, Samoa Joe did have a dominant reign in himself, but this was something a little bit special just because of the workhorse that we saw Danielson become that we already knew he was, but this was just something a little bit added and a little bit more special that I don't think a lot of people expected from him at the time or really knew what to expect from Danielson. But we'll get there at a future episode. Let's just talk about Brian Danielson, the wrestler, and this episode of Pure on Count Out Podcast Network. It was 2002. Ring of Honor was a new promotion, really trying to upstart and get people interested in the vast different styles of wrestling that was out there. Um, we covered a uh, an era of honor begins on our second episode here. You could check that on the Count Out or Pure archives um, on your podcast player of choice. But one of the things that we talked about was how you know Ring of Honor had, especially in the early stages of their um, infancy of their promotion, they really had a little bit of everything. They were really trying to showcase themselves as a ECW alternative when ECW went out of business due to bankruptcy. Um, this was carried and ran by some of the guys that were backstage with Paul Heyman, uh, Rob Feinstein of RF Video, and also um, Gabe Sapolsky, who we all know became one of the better bookers in the generation for Ring of Honor and then led himself um, to Evolve Wrestling and then backstage in WWE, part of the NXT brand before getting released earlier this year. One of the things to talk about here, though, is this main event here at the Era of Otter begins. We've talked about it briefly, but this was a triple threat match between Danielson, Christopher Daniels, and Lowkey. Um, they Once they announced the purchase of Ring of Honor, they actually did this match on a Dynamite episode minus Lowkey with Danielson and Daniels. Um, it was a very good match here, and this you know was another example. This showcased each performer very well, but when it comes to Danielson, you get to see flashes of just how good he is at the time 
Um, obviously, we all know he grows into becoming one of the better technical wrestlers of our generation, which isn't a surprise. But right here, it really showcases some of his early training and on some of his early skills that he's learned throughout traveling the independence and traveling the world. Um, you really get to see him become a glimpse of what we know he can be in this match. But really, really good uh, beginning for this. I really was excited to see him really take over and control most of this match. Obviously, at the end of the day, the uh, veteran Loki took over and uh, won this match. But a really good showing here in the first show. We would then go into the round robin challenge the very next uh, show. And he would split matches with the three men, uh, the two men, excuse me, that he faced in the main event as they were going through the round robin challenge. Uh, he would lose to Christopher Daniels, but he would beat Loki. And I would say between the two matches, the Loki match really showcases his strength as a um, technical wrestler. This was a very good back and forth match. One of the better matches here that we see um, overall from Brian in the early uh, 2002 reign, run of Ring of Honor. Um, it wasn't really more until later on in his time that he, we really see him become the wrestler that we know him to be now he really you know was still trying to figure himself out trying to figure out what kind of wrestler he wanted to be what kind of performer he wanted to be how he wanted to show off and show out i think it was one of those things you know where he was still young enough to really fine-tune his uh presentation and he was trying everything and every which way to get his presentation to be one of the better things that you could point out and say this is why i come to these ring of honor shows this is why i come to these shows to watch some guy like him and this was something that i think you know a lot of people go back and say hey i remember watching this brian he was very you know quiet he was very shy not really sure of himself but he did show flashes and this is was some of the exciting things it wasn't until he would get involved into the ring of honor at title tournament um, the road to the title uh, shows that we would really see Brian become more comfortable. These are the shows that ran in June. Um, he would win his first round match against uh, Biohazard. But one of the things that I liked about this was really what he showed against uh, Doug Williams. Doug Williams was a veteran over from the United Kingdom that would come a lot to these shows to really help uh, build in credibility for Ring of Honor. And I think one of these things that stood out, one of the things that stood out definitely about this was just seeing Danielson really focus in and take the time, took the time to learn how to become a better wrestler out of this match. This was something I think that Danielson, you know, takes to himself and remembers that, you know, this was a really good time for him. This was what we expected him to be. And he learned from this match and he grew. Um, from this match granted he didn't you know win this match and he didn't go on to the finals in the title tournament but this was still something that I feel with Danielson even in defeat he learned a lot and be he uses this now to really focus and become better as a wrestler he would uh, then go on and on the first unscripted show he would go ahead and enter himself with uh, Michael Modest in the Ring of Honor tag title tournament um, he wouldn't make it all the way to the finals, and it wasn't really a surprise to see the prophecy of Christopher Daniels and Donovan Morgan at the time pick up this win and defeat uh, Michael Modest and Danielson. Danielson and Modest at the end of this match took the title trophies and broke them in disgust and anger and all that stuff. But at the same time, you really look at this here, and it's just a really 
more of a showing to see Brian grow as a competitor. Um, it was exciting to see this uh, match here. Uh, I think him and Daniels in the early stages of Ring of Honor really fed off of one another quite well. Um, so it wasn't a surprise here to really see them click and work well and really operate as a uh, good, formidable foes against one another. It was just, like I said, a very good um, back and forth, just a strong showing by all these men in this tournament. His Really, another test he had, and these were this was a match here that touted two of the Barizes and up-and-coming stars here on the independent scene. It was at All-Star Extravaganza, where AJ Styles and Brian Danielson had one of their first many classics here in Ring of Honor. I really feel like this match, it's another one of those matches that helps Brian become a better performer and understand his craft a little bit better, really utilize the stuff that he's learned, but at the same time, too, really showcase that he's more of a world-renowned wrestler, a well-trained, you know, well-focused wrestler when he wants to be. I feel a lot of Brian's earlier stuff is just stuff that, you know, while it's okay, it's not the greatest thing, but he needs these matches and under his belt to become what he is now. And honestly, like between this match and then the next match at Scramble Madness uh, against Doug Williams, in which he wins in a 30-minute Ironman match, th- these two matches really, to me, resonate in his 2002 run in Ring of Honor as probably one of his uh, better matches that he's had throughout the entire um, first year of Ring of Honor. Granted, you can look back at what he's done against Christopher Daniels, either at the first show, Era of Honor Begins, or even part of that round robin challenge. But these two matches, the one against AJ Styles at All-Star Extravaganza, and then the 30-minute Iron Man against uh, Doug Williams at Scramble Madness, just really showcases his growth as a performer throughout this time. And yes, we I've talked about the growth of him as a performer throughout the entire beginning part of the show, but these two matches really complete him and really turn him into the wrestler that he's become and what we've seen on television for many years between WWE and also now AEW. Um, these formidable years in Ring of Honor really helped shape him become the wrestler he is now. And honestly, if you look at what he's done in uh, Ring of Honor, he had uh, uh, two matches, actually, on uh, Night of the Butcher. One, he would defeat Chad Collier, but he would lose to Paul London in a later match on the card. Um, and he would end his uh, 2002 in defeat in a um, time limit draw uh, for a four-way shot. And this was for the number one contendership of the Ring of Honor title currently held by Xavier, who uh, defended his title early in the show. But 2002 was a year of really finding out who Brian Danielson would become and really helped him shape into what he would be as a wrestler for the years to come in Ring of Honor. 2003 was a different year for Brian, um, really focused more of him traveling the world. Um, he wouldn't be really focused and featured on Ring of Honor shows. He would start off the year with uh, two back-to-back matches just because the first one was so good to see at Revenge of the Prophecy against Samojo that they followed it up the next month at their first year anniversary show. And they, the two of them had really another classic style match here. And really set the tone of what Brian's you know year was going to be like. He would then go out and travel the world. Um, before he would leave, he would have uh, at the Epic Encounter a match against uh, Paul London in which he would lose. But he wouldn't really return back to Ring of Honor until November at Main Event Spectacles. 
when he would face AJ Styles once again, and once again, AJ Styles would get his number. But you could tell that this was a different Brian. He was more focused. He was more really understanding of what he should be doing in the ring against his opponent at all times and really focused out on bringing some of the better wrestling and better, you know, maneuvers out on uh, a guy like AJ. This He would save his best stuff for guys like AJ. And then obviously at final battle, he would have a match here against Jay Briscoe. And another good solid match. I really feel as if, you know, with Brian, a lot of the things you see from him and a lot of the maneuvers and mannerisms that you see from Brian going on into like 2002, 2003 really helped shape him become the wrestler he was in 2004 and even for the beginning half of 2005. And, you know, this would also be a shift in terms of who he is as a character. Um, he would really focus more on his character work, being the American Dragon, being the best wrestler in the world at what he does. He really focused and wanted to hone in on his craft and be that guy that you can actually you know, rely on to give you a classic match in any spot of the show. Steal the show and make everyone work hard or even harder than he did to just you know, get some sort of crowd reaction. Because you know, Brian really brought out a good crowd reaction every time he would wrestle. People were interested and focused in on his matches just because he was a highly regarded prospect at the time. But people saw something special in Brian. And I think that's one of the major things here that, you know, when we talk about certain guys on the Ring of Honor roster and as we're talking about Brian this episode, we've talked about Punk. These are people in Ring of Honor that made a difference in their time frame. CM Punk made a difference in a short period of time. We all know how long. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. He was in Ring of Honor Forest from late 2002 to August 2005 before he went on to better things at the time for him, as we all know how that turned out. But for Brian, he was there from 2002 all the way up to September in 2009. There's going to be, you know, lots of ebbs and flows and changes to his character, changes to him. But one thing that stayed consistent for Brian, and we'll talk about this a lot, even as we go deeper into his career in Ring of Honor, he was definitely one of the better wrestlers that would come out of here, and he would always give you a performance that you expected out of a guy like Brian Danielson. He wouldn't phone it in. He would always bring 110% in every match he gives. It didn't matter if it was a dark match against Dunner Marcos or if it was one of an opening match against Delirious or he was wrestling two other times before the main event where he was defending his title even though he decided as he was coming out there that he was going to put the title on the lines against, you know, other people as well. Like, there's a lot of times, and we'll talk about this during his 2006 title reign, the 0506 title reign that he had, where he would wrestle two or three times a night. And he may wrestle, you know, 15, 20 minutes in one match and then go into and do another half hour, 45 minutes. He – you get to see the point of maybe he overworked himself a little bit into, you know – when we get into this, we'll talk about his shoulder injury and what that meant for him and how he really changed the style of how he wrestled to 
better fit that injury at the time. But you get to see how Brian evolves as a wrestler and adapts to injuries, I think, better than some of the other wrestlers in the sport now, even back then had. Um, but, you know, that's for, you know, future episodes. We're going on and continuing on here. You're in 2004 now. Once again, you're listening to Pure, a Ring of Honor retrospective podcast here on the Count Out Podcast Network. We're homes of many different vast style shows. Um, a crowd of shorts giving you information about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring Post Radio, giving you a little bit live looking on everything that happened in the past week of the world of wrestling. If you like independent wrestling, we have independent waters. If you're into, you know, learning about the different forms and styles of wrestling, how to talk to your friends about wrestling, not only do that, but they give you a lot of more fun and excitement than maybe you uh, get out of here. I mean, I hope you're enjoying these shows and you get excitement when you listen to Pure, but they do a very good job over how to talk to your friends that on about wrestling, you know, about different forms of wrestling, shows that they've gone to and everything like that. And then you have Your Dose of Death, which goes into the more hardcore deathmatch style. So we have a little bit of everything for everyone. But we're going back right now here, and we're talking about 2004 Brian Danielson. He would jump right in to a tag title uh, shot against the Briscoe brothers. Him and Samoa Joe, they wouldn't come out on top here. But really, what we focus on here a lot um, is just him, you know, becoming more of a complete wrestler. Uh, We do see him going into a minier feud a little bit here. Um against uh cm punk he was involved with a lot with uh ricky simbo in the earlier part of 2004 so brian got himself inserted in some of that stuff we would then go into the first survival of the fittest uh tournament which you know would give him a winner a future title shot um we saw that win from american dragon another nice little notch on his belt being jack evans in the first round and then going in and defeating Aries, Cabana, Homicide, Mark Briscoe, and current champion of Ring of Honor, Samoa Joe. So here's, we would get uh, a little bit of a classic here between him and Austin Aries. They would have a little bit of a back and forth as we get to know and we go forward on to this. This was just really more about finding out who the better wrestler was at the time. Aries and Danielson would go on back and forth against one another in 2004-2005, having a lot of very good matches against one another. Aries would get, you know, the better hand in most of these matches, but it really showcased, you know, once again, Danielson improving in the ring and really wanting to showcase himself against some of these top guys that would be coming in. Brian... To his credit and to his understanding, never felt like the top guy in Ring of Honor. He would always go out and try to prove himself and try to become better than he was the previous week. And the fans started to appreciate this more. Sinister isn't the right word, but more of an aggressive side from Danielson as they would see him become somebody who, you know, would want to be a better wrestler and wanted to do whatever it took to win. And he would still try to do it by the most honorable way. But at some cases, you know, Brian understood, like like I said, it takes any way to win. And he just really wanted to win really badly here. Um, He would have wins against uh, Shelly. And then, honestly, I was surprised by this. But at this time, this is Brian's first title shot at Ring of Honor. After winning Survival of the Fittest, he finally gets his title shot. 
against none other than Samoa Joe. This was a good back and forth contest here. Again, this was at the Midnight Express reunion show. Um, definitely check it out. We will be talking about this show not quite soon, but soon enough that I think you guys will understand why. I think this is, you know, one of Brian's best defeats in a title match here in uh, Ring of Honor. This was really him showing out and showing off and really just wanting to win. I, I really, you know, when we get to talk about this match, we'll really go into a little bit more detail. But just know this is probably one of my better favorite matches from 2004, Brian, and probably even some of one of his better matches in Ring of Honor. Um, he would have a weekend shot, you know, losing and then losing in a tag match to Jushin Thunder Liger um, on November 5th and 6th, the Weekend of Thunder uh, series that they had at Ring of Honor. And then he would get into a little feud with Homicide, which I think helped build his character a lot. Um, Homicide, you know, we, we know all about Homicide. I, I think, you know, when we talk about Ring of Honor, a lot of early Ring of Honor, Homicide is somebody who really stands out as a guy that was an unsung hero and did a lot for Ring of Honor in a case where I don't think a lot of people knew what to expect from him and really wanted him to do a lot. But this is a guy that wanted to showcase himself and he would do whatever it took. And I think, you know, when it comes to a guy like Homicide, when we talk about him in Ring of Honor, his 2003 is something to look back on. And I, you know, a lot of people say that this was the year that Homicide took Ring of Honor on his back to help, you know, raise it to that next level. And I would be inclined to agree with a lot of people on this. I think in general, this was probably Homicide's best year in Ring of Honor and probably his best year as a wrestler overall. And I think a lot of people would agree with that, but like his matches and his output that he showed in Ring of Honor and really, you know, he took this feud here with Danielson. Um, it would conclude uh, in early 2005, but it would be a best of five series that really showcases uh, Homicide bringing out the violence in uh, Brian Danielson, something that I don't think a lot of people saw or expected to see coming um, from him. As we all know, he was more of a technical, you know, well-rounded wrestler, really focused here on just showcasing the best in, um, you know, his technical ability, really, you know, playing by the rules, being honorable. But Homicide brought out that other side of him. And another person that did um, was Loki and, you know, Part of the Rottweilers, the team of Homicide, Loki, uh, and uh, Rocky Romero, you know, they had their own uh, issues, the three of them, with uh, Danielson. But Homicide was like the leader of all that. This would end in a disqualification win for Danielson as the two would brawl outside of the arena. But it was just one of those things like you would expect uh, Danielson to be, you know, more calm, cool, collected. But Homicide just brought out something different in him. And one of the things that we talk about here is these first two matches in the best of five series here. Um, we talk about uh, the tap out match in which Homicide wins by submission. And then the tape fist match, which was another quick win uh, for um, Homicide here. I, you know, when you think about this, you don't think of them really, f you know, f going into that area where... Homicide would have the upper hand, especially in a submission match. 
um, you know, where it was more built for you know, a guy like Danielson to showcase his submission ability, but Homicide uh, surprised a lot of people here. Another thing is, too, um, they, we would see Homicide and him fight throughout the early parts of uh, 2005. They had a classic false count anywhere match. Um, and then we would see them fight in a lumberjack match at stalemate. And then the final showdown, it would end in a steel cage match between these two. Honestly, this feud right here, I always look at this feud right here. And then I also look at the feud that Cabana had with Homicide. And I consider both of these feuds involving Homicide turning points for the respected individual not named Homicide's career. When it comes to uh, Brian Danielson, it brought out more of a violent streak. It brought him out to be more of a killer, a more of a fighter. We would see uh, Danielson use some of that um, in matches against Spanky and Black Tiger during the Best of American Super Juniors tournament that they had. Um, unfortunately, you know, the Rottweilers would get one up on Fordell Walker, Samoa Joe, and Danielson in the Trios tournament. Um, but again, it was one of those things that you saw a lot to like um, about Danielson here. You saw him turn the corner. You saw him come out as that Jedi with the uh, big, you know, cloak over his head. The um, you just saw him with that big bushy beard. You saw him go into a darker place. You saw him become what he felt he shouldn't be. You saw him become more of a character but also involve his uh, true wrestling skills. So it was very good to see him, you know, show out and show up in this. Um, and then we go into this final match here of the, uh, this episode where we talk about the final showdown between, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, Nowhere's One between Austin Aries and uh, Brian Danielson here for the Ring of Honor title. Only his second shot at the Ring of Honor title at this time and this was a very good match too i feel you know brian really wanted to win this match here he really wanted to showcase that he's learned a lot and he's built himself as a true performer in ring of honor not only that but also as a true performer around the independent scene really focusing on building himself up as a viable you know contender to this title he could be something that a lot of people could be proud about there's a lot of things that people should be excited for, but I mean, at the same time too, like there was a lot of things that, you know, people were still excited for Aries reign as champion. And this was still, you know, him hitting the ground running with it. So there was a lot of, you know, mixed bag in terms of chance and everything like that. Um, Aries would end up winning, but this would be a lo little bit of a long hiatus for uh, Danielson. He wouldn't uh, be around for really most, if not all the summer. Um, as he really wanted to step away until he got his shot again at the Ring of Honor title. Um, so at this point in time of his career, he would vanish. And then it wouldn't be until Glory by Honor 4, uh, where Brian Danielson would once again get his shot at the Ring of Honor title against uh, then-champion James Gibson. And uh, yeah, I think that's where we'll leave you with this week. Him going into uh, Glory by Honor 4 against James Gibson for the Ring of Honor title. The reason being is next week on Pure, we'll be covering Glory by Honor 4, which talks about that match, 
and so much more. We're going to be talking about that uh, title match. We're going to be talking about the finale of um, AJ Styles and Jimmy Reeves feud. Uh, we have a lot of fun stuff uh, here with a fight without honor between Loki and Jay Lethal. We have a pure title match between Nigel McGuinness and Roderick Strong. Um, four uh, corner survival match. Just a lot of good things here. We also get uh, Jay Lethal and Loki on the card twice against each other. So there's a lot of fun matches here, and there's a lot to talk about. This is another big event for Ring of Honor. This was a shot in Lake Grove, New York. Um, this, you know, was a turning point of Ring of Honor, and I think this is where a lot of people were excited to see the trigger pulled on one Brian Danielson um, as the Ring of Honor champion. So exciting times here for uh, us here at Pure as we're getting into the start of the Brian Danielson reign. As we go on and we talk about Brian Danielson, we will talk about his entire title reign from 2000, the end of 2005 to all of 2006. Um, we'll talk about Final Battle 2006 as a separate episode as well to just really reset and get everyone back on the same page. So we have a lot of good episodes in the pipeline coming up for you guys to really watch and enjoy. Um, obviously, some of the matches that I really would recommend anyone watching if they are a fan of Brian Danielson during this time. Obviously, watch the first show's era of honor begins uh, main event between Loki, Christopher Daniels, and Danielson in this one. I would watch the Road to the Title, uh, Doug Williams and Brian Danielson match, as well as the Scramble Madness match, the half-hour um, Iron Man match between the two. I think that really showcases Brian as how he turns out and turns into the performer we see today. The uh, one-year anniversary show match between Danielson and Samoa Joe is really good. Um, and then from 2004... Honestly, I would say the Joe and Danielson match from Midnight Express Reunion for the title, very good. And then 2005, you can really watch pretty much all of the stuff with uh, Homicide. At It all begins January 15th, the first part of the 30th anniversary celebration on February 19th, uh, part three on uh, February 26th, and then you get to see him uh, the 16th of April, and the finale against Homicide on May 13th. And then if you really want to add in the Nowhere to Run match against Austin Aries here, just really, it's a lot of matches and it's a lot of show to go through, but I think that picks out some of the better matches prior to Danielson running as the champion in Ring of Honor for a good, a little bit over a year. Um, so that was this episode of Pure. As always, you can rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast of choice. Make sure you follow me at SeanTaggart531 on Twitter. Make sure you join the Discord uh, group at Countout Podcast Network. We do have a Discord. You go on to countoutnetwork.com and you read our articles. You listen to the other shows. I mentioned them earlier on, but it's how to talk to your friends about wrestling, Ring Post Radio, Independent Orders, Your Dose of Death, Okada Shorts, Myself, Pure. We've got a little bit of everything on the network for you guys to really sit back and enjoy. And, you know, we also are looking for writers and people to run their own shows here on the network. Uh, make sure you DM the uh, Twitter account, AlCatOutPod. And that's been another episode of Pure. I was happy to take you along the ride about Brian Danielson. 
We'll see you all next week for another episode of Pure. This has been a Countout Podcast. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.